Good morning, everyone. This is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy LLC and Charged Up Studio. With me this morning, I have Chris Leggett, who is the program manager for the Central Florida International Trade Office. Chris, hello. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me to speak with your viewers about uh, the benefits of international trade today, Dana. Well, I tell you what, with, with everything that's going on with the economy right now and everything, we've got, to, we've got to expand our markets as much as we can to take advantage. And now with virtual um, outreach, it's making it a little bit easier. Chris, I agree completely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's something we've really uh, come to know uh, with uh, through COVID is uh, if you were to ask people a little over a year ago about supply chains, people would wonder what that was. But, you know, now everybody knows about everybody the, knows uh, international trade, what goes on and uh, where the, some of the pressure points are, like at the Suez Canal and with ships getting stuck there recently. Right. Well, I tell you what, um, back in 2009, when I initially went out on my own, um, I made the jump into the international market. I made the jump going into Brazil. And I tell you what, it was a scary, scary time. But I learned so much doing this and jumping into the international market. Um, so I was, I was really excited and happy that I had done it um, because I learned a great deal that I could bring back to the US. And I had a lot of uh, uh, connections I had made down there that have since reached out to me here. I'm really happy to hear that you learned a lot uh, from your experience because that's uh, exactly one of the points I try to make for people who are getting into international trade. First of all, the point you made about it being scary, but there's people to help. But second of all, you can learn so much abroad that you can take back to your marketing here in the U.S. as well. So it's not just right. an outward experience. It's also an inward experience. Well, and what's really important and, and exciting is the different cultural um, aspects of dealing between countries, you know, and having to learn to adapt, which when you're in business, flexibility is critical. You know, whether you're only operating here in the United States or whether you're operating internationally, you got to remember where you're at, you know, and um, the difference between the U.S. way of doing business and the way Brazil does business is night and day. I, I couldn't agree more, and uh, I don't want to preempt too much what I'll be talking about in a moment, but uh, that is, is again, one of the key points that uh, people looking abroad need to understand is what's made them successful in the U.S., the way that they sell here, is not necessarily going to be what's going to make them successful in foreign markets. They really need to know how business people, how their consumers think there, and then market to that. Right, right. Well, Chris uh, is the program manager, like I said, of Central Florida International Trade Office. And basically what he does is he raises awareness of the benefits of trade and improves trade literacy by offering educational seminars, uh, promotes networking and, and incoming foreign trade delegations. Are you sponsoring those incoming foreign trade delegations? Or are you just helping them? No. It's really just helping them if somebody's coming and uh, that was one of the reasons we were established in 2014 is if somebody comes to say the mayor of Orange County and 
want to have a meeting with them to talk about uh, trade potential, whether it be uh, imports or exports between their region and central Florida, instead of having to be the mayor decide, well, is this something I can do? They wanted to be able to have a resource to be able to say, let's put you in contact with the central Florida International Trade Office. They'll be able to help you set up the meetings that you need if you need help. Uh, just figuring out uh, where you should be going uh, in the region, they can help you out uh, with that. Uh, they can put you in contact with the relevant uh, economic development uh, organizations throughout uh, the region. That was uh, one of the main reasons we were established. So we don't actually go and recruit uh, companies to come uh, to Central Florida on a trip. We would just assist uh, anyone who's looking to come here to make sure they have the best uh, opportunity to meet with business as possible. Whose who's job is it to recruit businesses? Is it Enterprise Florida or is it uh, um, uh, the EDC? Whose job is it to, you know, basically uh, well, market and recruit businesses coming in? Well, there, there would be two answers to that. One is if you're looking for foreign direct investment uh, to come into the region. And so, you know, either to buy a business or open up a new uh, manufacturing uh, plant uh, here in the region. That would be the Orlando Economic Partnership, which covers all of uh, Central okay. Florida. If it is looking to promote trade, uh, it would be the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce's uh, U.S. Commercial Service, or uh, it might be Enterprise Florida, uh, but they primarily work on outbound missions, that is to say, bringing Florida or U.S. companies at the federal level to another market to meet uh, people uh, right there. Okay, well, I, you know, when I went international, which was 2009, that was before your office was um, was founded or whatever, or started. And um, mm -hmm. I did go under the U.S. commercial services over there. They just happened to have an outbound uh, mission going into Sao Paulo and Rio because Brazil had just won both the FIFA Games and the Summer Olympic Games. Um, so the timing was good there. And it was, it was definitely a great experience for me. We spent, uh, I think it was two days in Sao Paulo, whereas we met with um, the organizers of the FIFA Games, which was the entire state of Brazil. And then we met with, um, and we spent three days in Rio where we met with the organizing committee for the Summer Olympics, you know? So it was, it was great then, okay? That's one of the best parts I think about going with uh, one of the trade missions that have been organized either by uh, the US Commercial Service or by Enterprise Florida is the access you get to decision makers. It's not just uh, you know one-on-one -on -one for your company going and uh, meeting potential uh, buyers of uh, your product or service. There you really get uh, access to the top uh, people who are gonna be making decisions for events or could be potentially the ones who are making decisions on the conditions, the regulations that uh, govern uh, the import of the product that uh, uh, you're looking to bring into that market. Well, these are some of the things that I had learned um, while I was working down in Brazil. You know, I'm gonna delve into our, our questions for this session, which is gonna tap, tap into a little bit of that. 
Um, and, and I understand you may not have all the answers to these questions, but you can probably direct us to, you know, someone who might, right? Exactly. That is right. Okay. <laughs> so um, you pretty much have already told us exactly what the uh, Central Florida International Trade Office does. Before you came into existence, we, the U.S. Commercial Services was the, the go-to organization or whatever division for me to do it. But it's nice that they're really, because I was, I was worried because I know that um, back in 2009, 2010, the Economic Development Council, I think it was, um, they had basically uh, decided to close down their international division, which was really strange at that time. Um, I don't, and, uh, but now you say that they've, they've kind of tapped into that again, right? Yeah, that's, uh, they have become the, uh, they are part at least uh, of the uh, Orlando Economic Partnership. Uh, but as I mentioned, they focus on attracting foreign direct uh, investment. Uh, when it comes though to promoting international trade, uh, and it's important to note uh, one of the differentiators of what we do is we will help uh, businesses that are both looking to uh, export and import. So it's not only exports, which is what uh, the uh, economic development uh, agencies do at the federal and state level. Uh, we'll also help a company that uh, is looking to learn how to import because uh, we recognize that uh, this is not just exporting jobs. Importing is potentially what's going to make your product competitive uh, uh, domestically or internationally. Just having that one component uh, that would be uh, uh, too, too high a cost or potentially not available here in the U.S. Um, by importing that component, you can be more competitive or it could be that uh, there's products uh, that are just not available. If you're, for example, if you're looking to uh, service uh, uh, an expat community, you might want to bring in uh, a special fruit uh, from Indonesia uh, to service uh, that community. And then, of course, there's there's price. Consumers are are price sensitive. Uh, they have budgets uh, that they have to meet, and uh, sometimes the the lowest cost option by far is going to be an imported product. But even then, that is creating value here. The person who works at the store where it's sold, that's a job that uh, has value to Central Florida. And that's why Orange County and the city of Orlando decided to uh, establish the Central Florida International Trade Office to help uh, people with uh, importing as well as exporting. Okay, okay. So if I was a small business and I was considering going internationally, and exporting, say, you know, a product internationally, what would, um, how would I get started? Uh, well, one way to get started is uh, coming and speaking with me at CFITO. Uh, but if you're starting to, to look at uh, what are the questions you should be asking yourself is uh, about uh, your product and whether it's going to sell well abroad, I mean, Obviously, the easiest and first one is, are you selling to the rest of the U.S.? If you're only selling in Florida, um, you've got to think about, well, why am I not selling to the broader U.S. market? But assuming that you look at the U.S. as your market and now you're looking to grow beyond uh, U.S. borders, uh, one of the biggest questions is going to be, where do you want to sell that product? Uh, that's going to be one of the most uh, challenging questions because 
you really don't want to get started going everywhere at once. I mean, I've had people coming in. They, they, uh, I mean, they they believe in their product. They believe that anywhere it's going to be successful. But really, you've got to focus your your efforts. It's going to be too much to try and uh, sell everywhere in the world. Uh, I should also mention what I'm talking about here is a company that is strategically thinking about exporting. Some companies may be exporting already. I would call it in some way accidental exporting where uh, let's say they've got their online marketing presence and somebody writes to them saying, Hey, can I uh, send this uh, or can you send this to me in uh, uh, Mexico? I think it's a great uh, product and you, you know, then go down to your UPS office and, uh, and uh, send the product down to them. That's a bit of a different uh, type of exporting experience. But if you're starting to look at exporting, you want to look at the market. Part of that is going to be who is your customer. Um, you've got to think about who's likely to buy your product. Do they have uh, the means in that product? If you're looking to sell to uh, an emerging market, or is there an, and let's say it's a, uh, a relatively high quality, relatively high price product. Well, you got to think, is there going to be a market for my product in that country? Because if, uh, uh, and will it be a large enough market? Because if there's only uh, a small percentage of the population that would be able to afford the product, no matter how good it is, you're going to have a challenge. So you really need to take a look at the demographics, at the economics in that country. Uh, you're going to want to look at things like pricing. What's your price going to be? And then uh, are you expecting to be paid in U.S. dollars? Are you expecting to be paid in U.S. In, sorry, in the foreign currency? Uh, once you figure out what the price is going to be, a lot of this is similar to what you're going to be looking at uh, when you're looking to get started in the U.S. What's the competition doing there? You know, who um, are there similar products already on offer? If so, what sort of price point are they at? Uh, are you going to be competitive? Do you have the qualities uh, that they might be lacking? Is you know one of the selling points going to be that you can do it for cheaper? So. That's uh, going to be a key issue to look at. Another key issue will be the how you intend to market in uh, uh, that country. Are you looking to sell directly? Do you have, uh, you know, are you going to be doing uh, uh, online marketing? Are you going to have uh, a website for that country to sell yourself and maybe ship directly to consumer? Are you going to look for a distributor? Uh, in that market to do the sales for you? Um, are you going to uh, outsource for a sales representative there? Uh, and one uh, tip I would give for companies is if you are looking to have a distributor or a uh, sales rep uh, for a particular market, you're going to want to talk to an attorney who knows local employment law so that you're not getting yourself into an obligation that you might not have uh, uh, thought about uh, before you got, were entering into that market. Uh, for example, in Germany, obviously the labor laws are going to uh, supersede any contract uh, that you might have. And if under their labor laws, your sales rep is deemed to be an employee, then uh, you could be responsible for uh, paying uh, um, uh, severance if you decide to end the contract with them. Um, the same thing could be for a distributor. So these are questions yeah. you really need to yeah. um, to understand uh, when you're well, getting these, into a new market. 
Right. And these are all things that I had learned down in Brazil. You know, you have to understand also what the labor laws, like you said, you know, get an attorney that that understands the different labor laws. Um, and, uh, you know, because down in Brazil, um, the labor laws were, you know, um, any employee could sue the company if they were let go. Yeah. down there and yeah. so and you might not think that they're your employee but under yeah, that law they exactly. could be deemed to be your employee and i had a representative down there and she was not an employee because of that you know because not only by hiring somebody from down there are you uh, subsequent or um you have to obey the, their labor laws but additionally you have to have a company down there you know, you can't hire them from here. You have to have a position down there open. That's exactly right. And uh, that underscores why working with a good uh, attorney who knows the law uh, laws uh, very well in the country that you're going to be selling into, because you're going to might need to incorporate. You uh, obviously need to know the labor laws. You would want to have someone who knows the contract laws there to ensure that the contract that you're signing that would be uh, you know, fully enforceable here in the US is going to conform to local laws there. Uh, so you know, working with uh, a knowledgeable attorney is going to be a really important uh, part of your business. Now, um, if you were to enter under a distributorship down there, a lot of this would be taken care of with the distributor, right? Yep, that's right. It, like anything, it's uh, going to be a decision on how much you want to do yourself and how much you want to pay for somebody else to do. Because, um, yes, a distributor is going to, uh, you know, not going to charge you for any of this. On the other hand, the distributor is going to be expecting to make a profit. So either that's going to come from you having to accept a lower price for your product when you ship it to, to the country or that uh, it's going to be selling for a, at a higher price point than you'd expect it uh, in that market. So you and, really and need to know your, your uh, agreement with the distributor to right. assess the impact that they'll have. And you, you have to make sure that that distributor, you feel comfortable with them because basically they're the ones who are going to be guiding you on price. They're going to be guiding you on a lot of this stuff. Um, and not only that, um, you know, it's it, the, distributor is going to be doing the marketing for your product. Yeah, and that's uh, it's important to understand how they're going to be marketing it. Uh, you want to ensure that your intellectual property is protected and so that they don't go down there and then decide, hey, I can uh, make the same thing in China um, for half the price and I'll just keep selling it uh, under the same name as your product uh, in that market. Um, you, that's one of the reasons why it's great to, from your experience, you went down to Brazil, you met with these people. It's important to have those relationships. Right now, we can just do it by, uh, by Zoom or uh, by some other kind of virtual meeting. But uh, once we're able to travel, uh, it's important for you to be able to you know, know that you trust the person could look them in the eye. Right. And also in a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, countries, Part of doing business is getting to know the person before you start talking business. We were speaking a little bit earlier about uh, um, how important it is to understand the culture in that uh, country. And that's uh, 
one of the reasons why it is important to understand the culture, because in many, uh, Latin America is a very big market for Florida and for Central Florida in particular, they're not going to want to sit down and start talking business right away. They're going to want to sit down with you, develop a relationship, go out to dinner uh, and get to know you before they talk <laughs> business. And, and that's exactly what I learned down in Brazil, you know, whereas a, a typical business development or business meeting, sales meeting here might take, you know, 45 minutes to an hour down there. You'd be spending three hours and you wouldn't even get to business within the first two hours. You know, yeah, exactly. um, it's it's a very relationship based uh, country down there. And from what I understand, a lot of the European countries are the same way. Yeah, I had spent some time in uh, Europe uh, um, in my uh, previous career with uh, the government of Canada. And, you know, if you have a business lunch here, you're maybe uh, 45 minutes, an hour if it's a long one, where in Europe you'll be talking business uh, easy for uh, two hours and there'll right. be that mix of social and, and business there. I mean, they would they would be insulted if you uh, wanted to leave and insisted, okay, 45 minutes, I got to go now. Right. They'd wonder what's, I mean, they know Americans well enough, they, they would understand that it was them, but it's not going to be looked upon favorably because it looks right. like you're right. trying to impose your way of doing business on them and uh, uh, that uh, uh, could cost you sales at the end of the day. Right. And it's the same way coming in in country too. You know, um, mm -hmm. like I said, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, people that I know from Brazil that are coming in here to, you know, try their hand at business here in the United States. And it's the same thing. They have to get used to our culture. Exactly right. Well. I always yeah. uh, tell people that, sell what the customer wants and how they want it, not uh, what you want to sell and how you want to sell it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes those mesh and, you know, that'll, then it'll work either way. But uh, really, you got to know what your customer wants to hear from you, uh, whether it be a distributor, whether it be uh, a consumer, or whether it uh, be someone you need to develop a, a business relationship with. They'll always appreciate uh, that okay. and the same thing goes for speaking the language they're not going to expect you to uh, to speak every language uh, uh, where you're going to uh, but just making that effort to say a few words in their language before you start turning to to english uh, goes a long right. way to developing right. positive relationships right right luckily i had a um, a representative down there that was multilingual so you know it yeah. really worked out great for me um, so what countries are you seeing right now that we're doing most of our trade business with? In terms of our top three export markets, and uh, I'll distinguish when I when we talk about doing business with, I'll distinguish between exports and imports because mm -hmm. China um, is the biggest source of imports, imports. Uh, by far. Uh, and so that kind of... Uh, uh, if you if you just add imports and exports together, then that makes them a bigger player. But if you're looking at exports, uh, Canada, Brazil, and Mexico. But if you look um, on a regional basis, about two thirds of Central Florida exports um, all go to our neighbors. Uh, so basically, North America, South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Um, that's our main market. And then the rest are split roughly evenly between Europe and uh, Asia. Okay. So. Okay. All right. And what industries do you see 
the most active with exporting? Uh, well, really, really any. Uh, obviously, tourism, a lot of people forget that uh, services are considered an export. Uh, and uh, any, all these people who are coming to visit Central Florida for our wonderful sun, our wonderful parks, our wonderful way of life, um, the dollars they bring in are considered an export of services. So that's probably about our biggest uh, uh, sector in terms of exports. Uh, but uh, really, manufacturing is about, uh, I think about uh, 60 or 70 percent of our exports are, are uh, uh, high value added uh, manufacturing. Uh, um, gone are the days that, uh, you know, citrus was the, the big export, but yeah. um, agriculture does remain an important uh, part of uh, uh, our exports uh, to the world. Uh, but aviation is a, is a big sector. Um, uh, medical uh, products, medtech uh, is another big uh, export. So uh, really anyone you can think of uh, is, is exporting and uh, doing so. But uh, I, you know, my job is to get more people uh, exporting because as successful as we are, our exports uh, to the world uh, are valued at about three and a half billion dollars. And uh, Central Florida, for that purpose, I'm talking about the uh, Orlando, Kissimmee, Sanford, uh, Metropolitan Statistical Area. Uh, that's about three and a half billion, uh, which is great, but we can do better because if you take a look at Jacksonville, if you take a look at Tampa, uh, because of their ports, they're yeah. more focused uh, on the international market. And so there's, uh, uh, there's room for us to grow and, uh, 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 and become uh, more important exporters uh, at the level that they are. Okay, okay. So what resources do small businesses or businesses in general have available to them to start the um, international trade process, the export process? Uh, well, obviously, you've got uh, at the local level, the Central Florida International Trade Office, um, where we can act as a hub to refer them to the uh, services that can help them. Uh, but some of the big ones are Enterprise Florida, uh, Enterprise Florida has a number of uh, terrific grants uh, that uh, they have to help support uh, exporters. They've got a network of offices around the world. Uh, they're not employees of Enterprise Florida, but uh, they're contracted to provide uh, export services for, for local companies. And their grants uh, range from helping to pay for a gold key service with the U.S. Commercial Service. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, it could be for helping pay for a market uh, export strategy uh, with uh, the Small Business Development Center. And I'll expand on that in a little bit. Um, they, if you're looking to register your product uh, in a foreign market, uh, which, uh, for example, if you want to sell into the EU, you might need to get a CE mark uh, in order to be uh, able to sell there. And they can help uh, pay... Uh, 50% uh, up to $10,000 of that registration fee that uh, you have there. Um, if you need to localize your website, uh, they have a grant to help uh, help with the cost of that and uh, uh, work with IBT online to do that. So th uh, they are a great resource. Uh, then there's the U.S. Uh, commercial service. Uh, their premier service would be the gold key service, which is introducing you to uh, at 
up to five uh, companies uh, helping set up the meetings with them. They vet them beforehand to make sure these are legitimate buyers mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, will help potentially with translation if you need that there. That's a, a for fee service. Uh, they have a partial cost recovery, but it's uh, a very uh, low price for what you're getting and uh, particularly when you're moving into a market that you might not know that well. Um, mm-hmm. They'll have other services, uh, for example, vetting a, a business uh, um, that you might be looking to uh, to work with. Uh, uh, this is sort of different than the gold key service where they'll make sure that, uh, you know, that, that company uh, doesn't have legal issues and not been paying uh, people. Uh, and uh, they also have the network around the world to potentially advocate for your your uh, company, uh, particularly if it's uh, going in to try and compete for a government contract uh, uh, in a foreign country. They'll advocate on behalf of, of U.S. companies. And if you need to find out what are the, en- the market entry requirements in a company, they're the ones at the embassies around the world who will be able to provide those answers for you. We also have the Small Business Development Center. Uh, They have international trade specialists who can uh, do one-on-one counseling as well as prepare uh, an export uh, market strategy, which is a really great tool uh, for helping identify the markets where you want to go. I mentioned a little bit earlier, that's one of the key issues you need to know is where do you want to ship to? And so they have access to a number of databases in order to put together the report uh, based on uh, where uh, the conditions in the market, what uh, uh, kind of wealth is in the market, uh, what the competition is, uh, what uh, exports are already going there, uh, what exports are going there that could uh, give you a signal. Like if there's a lot of surfboards being exported to a country, maybe you want to try and sell your wetsuits there. So they'll take a look at that. They compare countries around the world and help put together a strategy for you to start moving into international markets. Uh, There's export financing uh, services from the Small Business Administration and from XM Bank uh, to help uh, guarantee payments or uh, insure uh, shipments. Uh, So, and then those are just the, the public ones. Then uh, of course, there's resources like uh, the third-party logistics companies um, right. who will help ship your products. And they're going to be one of your best partners, particularly when you're getting started and you don't really know what's involved in uh, exporting. Having a good third-party logistics company is going to be key uh, for your success uh, right. as you get started. Right. So um, speaking of you know pricing and getting paid and things like that, okay, Um what are the, are there any requirements for a business? What should they be considering if they're going to um, uh, export internationally? Okay. It's, it costs money to be able to do this. And you talk about XM Bank and you talk about, you know, uh, Enterprise Florida grants. And I would imagine a small business has to have some kind of investment themselves. Yes in order to do this. What are we looking at? It's not somebody who can just come off the street and say, okay, I've got this product. I wanna go international with it. Uh, I I would be able to quote 
a dollar figure because obviously right. it's going to depend which market you want to go into, what sort of products uh, um, you're selling, uh, how much uh, travel you want to do uh, yourself, how you're going to market in that country. Uh, but one thing that's that's key, as you've mentioned, is you need to think about the dollars in here. And that means uh, you have to have buy-in from senior management uh, on this uh, uh you, you don't want to get started uh, down a road that uh, they don't want to pay you the price for. But things you have to think about, travel. Travel um, could be potentially uh, very expensive depending on where you're going to be going. If you want to be selling into Japan, you got a big airfare to get there and big hotel bills once you do get there. Um, you need to think about uh, what it's going to cost you to enter a market. That could be things like uh, labeling. You might need to do specific labels for that. So that means new packaging would have to be developed. And uh, you know it might not be at the same cost as what you're doing uh, right now uh, insofar as uh, it could be smaller runs. Uh, you need to think about uh, how you're going to manage uh, foreign exchange if you're going to price excuse me, in a local currency, uh, then you will have to decide, you know, are you going to uh, uh, invest in futures so that uh, uh, you can be guaranteed this is how much you're going to get in dollars or are you going to uh, just decide to take the risk and let uh, foreign exchange float? So that's a cost uh, or a potential cost uh, mm -hmm. uh, either way. Uh, you're going to have to decide on what terms um, you're going to accept for payment. Do you want to, some people want to get paid before they'll uh, let it out of their facility, Other, but that's going to restrict uh, the willingness of, of potential clients to do business with you because, you know, just as it's a risk for you to wait until the very end of the process to get paid, it's a risk for, uh, for them to pay you before anything's even on a ship. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, then it, but then if you're going to be, say, delivery plus 60 days, well, do you have the financing in line that can make uh, that affordable? And there, uh, are you potential? Yeah, and there are ways you can get around that with factoring and things like that sometime to help, yeah. you know, um, yeah. float the money per se. Um, you may need as well to increase your production capacity in order to right. meet uh, foreign demand. And getting a loan for that is not quite the same thing as when you're uh, getting a loan in order to increase capacity to meet the U.S. demand because, uh, you know, banks uh, look at it as riskier to sell abroad. Uh, but there are programs, for example, at XM Bank that uh, help with uh, uh, making capital improvements in order to service uh, uh, foreign markets. Right, right. Yes, no, definitely. What about uh, regulation and compliance issues? dealing internationally? That's really important to know. There's And there's two levels there. First, you got to take a look at export compliance. You can't just go and sell uh, anything abroad. You have to take a look to see what U.S. regulations say there. Um, if you're selling any, uh, any military equipment, uh, then you would look at the International Trade and Arms Regulation, ITAR. Um, if it's a dual-use product or sensitive technologies, there may be restrictions uh, based on the product. There might be restrictions based on the person you're selling to. Uh, there's a list of sanctioned uh, countries and sanctioned uh, persons. Uh, for example, you may have heard uh, 
recently about uh, additional limits uh, placed on certain uh, uh, Russian uh, oligarchs uh, mm-hmm. uh, and senior officials. Uh, so you got to make sure that you're not uh, selling to them. Uh, my friend at uh, Ken Meridian at the uh, US, US Commercial, Commercial Service, Service. Yeah. Yeah, always talks about you know, yeah. <laughs> selling a pencil to, uh, you might think selling a pencil to Canada is fine, but if it happens to be a poor guy whose name is Osama bin Laden, well, yeah. it's going to be more complicated uh, <laughs> than you expect. So uh, those are the export requirements. Then you need to take a look <clears throat> at the import requirements in the country into which you're selling. Uh, that could be uh, things like uh, labeling. There could be uh, certain uh, uh, information uh, that's required uh, that you give there. Uh, there will be uh, potentially a tariff, which is basically a tax at the border on your product. Uh, there could be uh, what they call non-tariff uh, uh, barriers, which would be uh, they might have uh, different regulations that you need to meet. Uh, and that might be you need to get uh, certification for your product uh, uh, here. Um, mm-hmm. Some require a, a certificate of free sale for agricultural products. Um, so it's definitely important to find out what are the specific import requirements in the market that you're going into. And you can get that. Uh, one thing you'll really need to know is, is have a good description of your product and be willing to share that uh, uh, with whoever you're going to get the advice from. Uh, yeah. And I recognize yeah. that there may be trade secrets, but um, you'll have to work with them as to how much information they need in right. order to be able to classify the product, because that will determine what are the entry requirements, what uh, duty might uh, uh, exist uh, on that product. And so it might be with uh, the U.S. Commercial Service that you could get that information or it could be, uh, for example, with your third-party logistics company that has an in-house brokerage, and they'll be able to tell you, okay, uh, this is how you want to Im- import uh, the product. And sometimes working with them, they'll be able to give you tips and tricks uh, about importing, because it might be that if you uh, import in a bulk package, it enters at one rate versus if you import it and individual containers, it might be, uh, um, I'm sorry, container, uh, uh, individual products. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the large uh, 20 foot containers. Um, mm-hmm. Then that could be at a different rate. And that's where working with a, uh, a brokerage is going to be really important because if you go to the US government, they're more likely to take a look at, well, um, this is what you're exporting. This is what the conditions are, but they might not either have the the knowledge or or want to make any recommendations about uh, um, an alternative uh, way of uh, exporting uh, where working with a broker there that's their business is to help you find the best way to right. to enter the country right right we're, we're at the end of our program and obviously there is so much more that we could we could be talking about, you know, and things like that. But this kind of you, you can see or you can hear with this podcast that um, when we start dealing with international trade, it is not something that can be entered into lightly. Um, it's not that it's a, it's not doable. You just have to go in with a strategy. You have to, you know, you have to plan. You have to get those people, that team around you, whether it be distributorship, brokers, your bank. 
you know, you've got a, you've got a whole team there of people that you want to be able to rely on, because if you try doing it on your own, it's going to be a nightmare. So Chris, I really appreciate you being with us today. Um, before you leave us, can you tell our listeners how they could get a hold of you should they want to get more information? I appreciate that, uh, Dana. Uh, they can reach me. You can find our website at CFITO. That stands for Central Florida International Trade Office. So CFITO.org. You can reach me at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at CFITO.org. Or you can give me a call at 407-420-4860. Very good. Well, I really appreciate it, Chris. This is the end of our Charged Up Studio podcast. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at Dana, D-A-N-N-A dot Olivo, O-L-I-V-O at Marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot com. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.